Linda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. Denmark says it wants to make all its domestic flights free of fossil fuels by 2030. That's in just eight years' time. In her New Year's address, the Prime Minister did, however, acknowledge that the solutions needed to reach this target were not yet in place. And indeed, earlier this week, I heard an expert telling the BBC that meeting this deadline would be virtually impossible. So what are the options for green flying? And how advanced are we in the development of the necessary technology? To find out, I'm joined on the line now by Dr. Ian Cruikshank, a sustainability expert at Sustainable Aviation Solutions, who also ran SAA's Group Environmental Affairs Program for 10 years. Ian, so tell us, first of all, what are the different technologies out there for those of us who know nothing about this? Hi, Gwyneth. So there are a variety of different technologies that are being contemplated for the future of aviation. We have the Great Electric Hope, so much like electric vehicles are all the rage, there's a lot of research going into electric aircraft. However, we have range issues with electric aircraft and also the recharging problem of how do you recharge an aircraft very quickly. We're looking at hydrogen, which is a fuel for the future. It produces ammonia as a byproduct, so it's great for industries like the maritime industry. But for aviation, probably too costly and potentially a little bit too dangerous. And then finally, we have sustainable aviation fuels, which used to be called biofuels, which are typically made from crops. They could be made from municipal waste or used cooking oil. And that's the solution that aviation is generally focusing on very heavily at the moment because it's more of a near-term solution. So in terms of practicality, it seems that a biofuel is the best option, as you say. Absolutely. Electrical technology, while it's rapidly advancing, isn't very close. And so we won't see an electric long-range aircraft probably for at least another 25 to 30 years. And hydrogen, we would need to change all of the world's fueling infrastructure and all of the world's airports and change the entire world's fleet to operate on hydrogen overnight, which would cost trillions and trillions of dollars. So at this stage, very, very impractical. In terms of biofuel, how does this fit in with the food versus fuel equation? So biofuel can be made from different sources, just about anything, in fact. So you can use waste or you can use oil or you can use effluent even. And you can use cover crops as long as you ensure that those crops are produced sustainably and that they are certified. So, for instance, you can't use land that was used for food to grow crops, but you can use land that grew tobacco, for instance. You can then use that same land for an energy tobacco. So you're not changing the use of the land and you're not indirectly changing the economy of an area and the impact on the people of that area. And so it won't take up so much space that there is no place to to grow food? No. So a biofuel that's certified sustainable won't impact on the food chain and in fact often contributes to the food chain because you would often rotate these crops with a food crop or with another useful crop. And you would always try to do that so that the energy crop put in what the other crop needed and vice versa. 
So you've got to look for these beneficial relationships when you go into this. But I was reading a little bit up about this because I knew nothing. It's not just a question of developing the fuels, it seems. You alluded to this earlier, but there's a whole myriad of other issues associated with it. The adaptation of the aircraft itself, the infrastructure at airports, the fact that if there's a flight between Joburg and Paris, for example, you have to have that same infrastructure on both ends of the flight. And then, of course, there's the cost. So what we have is a situation where the fossil fuel industries had more than a century to develop an incredible distribution infrastructure to make sure that we have petrol stations all over the countryside that we're never short of fuel. And the same has been done at all of the airports where we have huge fuel farms with underground pipelines so that when you park your plane, you can just hook up to a pipeline and refuel. In order to reduce costs, the only real effective way to introduce a fuel is to make it almost chemically indistinguishable from a fossil fuel. So that's the premise that biofuels are based on. We produce a fuel from plants or waste that is certified by the ASTM, the Global Certification Body. We blend that with a a normal conventional fossil fuel, currently at a ratio of 50%, and then that fuel becomes certified as a fuel that you can use in aviation. So you can pump it into the fuel farm, you can pump it through the pipelines, and you can use it in an aircraft with no changes required to the aircraft engines, no changes required to the airport infrastructure. So a very cost-effective solution where the infrastructure is already in place. Very briefly, because we're running out of time, is changing the fuel the only way of making flying greener? It's the primary method of making flying greener because when you think of a carbon footprint of a typical airline, 98% of that footprint is related directly to those emissions from operations. So if you want to make a material change to your impact on the environment as an airline, you have to address those emissions. So we can be more fuel and we can introduce a number of initiatives, but to get the biggest bang for your buck, you're going to have to address the fuel issue. So many more questions I would have liked to have asked you, Ian. Thanks to sustainability expert Dr. Ian Cruikshank. And that's it for this week. Till next time from me, Glynis Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.